Welcome to Wayward Bodies, a show about our bodies and the messy places that they meet the world. I'm your host, Ellie Bauer-Johnston. Each episode, we'll be exploring embodiment, body liberation, creativity, healing, and how we can start to show up as our whole selves. Hello. Welcome to this episode of Wayward Bodies. Today is a conversation with Amelia Doncor, all about the healing potential of story, imperfectly embodying our values and finding liberation in being in process without the shiny end goal. Amelia is an actor, a writer, a facilitator, blending creative arts and community building. She trained at Lambda and has worked across theatre and television, as well as leading corporate training, voice workshops and women's circles. Amelia is passionate about storytelling, which you will hear in our conversation. She's also passionate about discovering new ways to play and liberate. She's currently studying for an MA in Gender, Culture and Media at Goldsmiths and is on an enlightening journey of decolonizing the heart, body and mind. This conversation was such a joy. We meandered through all the different ways that storytelling shapes our lives and the world we live in. We touched on self-expression, unlearning what stories were never yours, and the vulnerability of using your voice for full effect. And we kind of touch on this at the end of the episode, but it feels important that you know it at the beginning. You have to imagine Amelia and I both emphatically gesturing and kind of wiggling our shoulders as we talk to each other and try and express ourselves. A little housekeeping before we get started. So I know September's been a weird one. Usually there's a sense of like back to school, ready to start the world again, back into it. And this year has felt really weird. But if you're in a place where you know you want something to be different, you had big, beautiful visions about what could be possible in terms of the ways that you relate to yourself and the way that you feel in your skin and the way that you move in the world. And yet you're finding yourself pulled back into the siren song of normal. Then I have a little space for one-to-one embodiment coaching. It's a six-month program working one-to-one with me and also with access to my weekly class, Ordinary Wonder. And it's really led by you helping you find your way back to yourself so if that sounds like something you need right now then you can head to my website anotherpractice.com and book in for a free call let's see if we're a good fit and a little content warning for today's episode there is some light swearing so if you are in the company of people who might not want to hear that then act accordingly All right, I can't wait for you to hear this. In we go. Hi, Amelia. Hi. It's such a pleasure to see your face. Um, How how are you? How am I? It's always a big question, isn't it? I know, yeah. (laughs) The the how are you? You're like, the first answer is, yeah, I'm good. And then I'm like, and then lots of other things begin to unravel. I'm good, but I'm also a bit tired. 
excited, a little trepidatious of life in general, but really mm-hmm. glad to be here yeah. with you today. Yeah, the joys of the joys of like paying attention to these things is like when you scratch beneath the surface of the I'm fine, you're like, oh, wow, yeah. there's yeah. always way more under there oh, than you yeah. expect there to be. Um, layers well, of life. Layers of life. So people will have heard in the introduction anyway, like your amazing CV of multitudinous achievements um (laughs) but do you want to give a little bit of an idea of like the work that you do and kind of how you um work with the body and how you work with the body meeting the world as it were Mm. so it's interesting because I think for a long time I've really struggled to even have a title for who I am what I do um and I think a lot of it kind of comes back to to storytelling I trained as an actor so That's kind of my jam, you know, and I used to think about it as pretending. And actually, I think that's where the the kind of nice thing comes in of going, it used to be pretending and now it's embodying. Mm. Now it's kind of going deeper in and finding the stories that correlate with my body and also then reach out to other people's. um, And then all the other work I do too. So lots of facilitation work and that's with kind of big companies in fancy, fancy places. And then also in a kind of much more holistic, caring, embodied, conscious way. And I think I'm also going through this huge moment right now of asking what's next and how I become more, I guess, aligned to what my, not just my heart is asking for, but also my mind, Hmm. my activism, you know, like what feels important. I've had this big kind of cracking open this last year and a half. And I'm Mm. like, how do you want to spend your time? What do you really want to work for? Who do you really want to work with? And I think that's shifting. Mm. Yeah, it's, um, I mean, you know how these these synchronicities often come up. Um, But that's so in line with uh, something I've been thinking about recently. And I've been talking with a lot of friends about this recently because obviously the cracking open was was for everyone in 2020 and 2021 as like sort of a you know ripple effect um and I've been thinking a lot about the word apocalypse because at its root being a big word dork that I am at its root apocalypse comes from the Greek uh to uncover and like to to reveal And that feels so, so pertinent with everything that we've all just gone through. And yeah, this point now where we're like, okay, well, we survived that. And Mm. maybe our nervous systems have kind of half settled down a little bit. And then it's like, what was uncovered? What do we do with that truth that we've seen? Oh, like so true. And I I love your word geekiness. I think we should all have a bit more word geekiness in our lives. You know, I've got lots of like little things that really annoy me when people say stuff. And I'm like, oh, actually, if you know where that came from, I don't think you'd be saying it. <laughs> like, I'm like, oh, no, that that's not a good. Um, I do so not word. think that means what you think it means. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. Or even, you know, the things that like, so one of my, my pet peeves is, is nitty gritty because, and it's something that, I mean, loads of us use, but it, it, it comes from, it comes from slavery. It's to do with like the, it, it, it's got various different, like there's, 
it, it's got different kinds of etymology dependent on who talks about it, but it, it all comes from to do with kind of hair type, to do with like a eugenics-y thing around like, yeah, like the nitty gritty of, of a slave. Oh, wow, that's horrible. Yeah. yeah. And so once you know that, every time you just hear it on like BBC News, you're like, oof. Yeah. Oh, I'm not there. So I think we can all kind of word geek a bit more. Mm-hmm. And I guess in a way, like word geekery is also about us. It's it's the knowing and then the filling us up. So you mm-hmm. learn it. And then how does that sit in you? And so I, I like your apocalypse thinking because it's like the knowing. And now fill me up. Mm. Like filling up this thing of the the what nextness of life. Mm. And it's completely at times petrifying, you know? Um, So much has changed for me just as I walk around in my brown body in this world. And I'm literally seeing things completely differently. And I'm, but I'm ready. And like, sometimes it's kind of pushing buttons with other people and, you know, uh, the kind of spaces I wanna be right now, the kind of conversations I wanna be having. but it's it's provocative again, like a good pr- provocation. It's like mm, mm, I want to yeah. <laughs> feel this. I want to know this. What is it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like sort of sort of poking the bear, as it were. Mm. Um, yeah, I mean, oh, there's so much in there, and I think maybe like we could talk about the storytelling in that, even like um, both in relation to words and you know the sort of the the meaning we we derive from them um, and how that lands in our bodies. Mm, mm, mm. And yeah, like I can imagine as someone who is in a brown body um, with the knowledge of like where nitty gritty comes from, that hits, like it, it hits me in the gut and I am white and, you know, white all the way back. And <laughs> and so, yeah, like the the embodiment of or the embodied experience of words and their history. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting because even when you say that, it's about us really settling into the subtle shifts of how how that experience of embodiment can change when you know something, you know. And I'm also, so at the moment I'm doing, I'm doing an MA. And again, so it's this kind of conscious learning unlearning learning unlearning and then how you re-communicate that in a way that feels authentic to you and mm-hmm. I'm actually about to start doing rehearsals for a play um <laughs> so busy I, <laughs> I think sometimes like I know a busy is a, is a kind of dodgy thing you know because it kind of falls back to this kind of neoliberal like Mm. yeah I'm so busy I'm so active I'm getting this stuff done yeah 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 and actually, <laughs> shoulders yeah. yeah yeah like oh my god yeah like high achiever success and like I fall into that shit like I know really I'm rewinding back to kind of 16 year old me who's like I've got to get all the a stars and I've got to do really well because I need people to love me and all this shit and actually mm. I'm like you know I I know that I have to consciously be like don't fall into this busy bullshit stuff like don't think you're doing well because you're busy mm. and then don't just keep taking on work because you think it means people like you? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Because most like, of the time they don't, you know. So actually do what I, I've started like turning work down or or putting pauses on things. And that feels kind of exciting and kind mm-hmm. of powerful. Um, and it means that when you do go into stuff, so this this new, I'm doing a, a solo show with an amazing woman called 
Rachel Valentine Smith and uh, the Faction Theatre Company. And it's just based on a concept called Duende, which is like mm. uh, love, art, like je ne sais quoi. It's like mm. a feeling. And actually it's kind of like embodied art, like desire. It's all of these different things. And I'm like, what is this going to be? And the rehearsal process is literally going to be feeling into it. Mm. And like what a what a contrast that is to learning the lines and mm. doing the thing and put like, you know, fitting yourself into the blocking and like mm-hmm. I'm sure all of that is is present as well. But like to take what would be such a could be such a linear process of like we do this and then this and then this and then this and then the show's ready and being like, how do we like round this out into something different? Yeah, how do we unpack, unfold? And I I think, you know, as an artist, it's easy to get caught up like, okay, so we need to, we need to get paid at some point because we need to live and survive. And so actually then you're like, well, in order to get paid, I need a good end product. In order to get paid, I I need to get good reviews. And I need and sometimes you can get caught up in that so deeply that actually you bypass the middle bit. <laughs> You bypass the bit that is the making, the creating, the communing with one another, with the space around you, with ideas, words, thoughts. And you just think, well, what's going to get the biggest tick at the end? (laughs) And so I'm going into this process as a process and kind of saying, like, fuck it for the end. I don't know what it's going to be. It could be a piece of shit. But what (laughs) if we make art? What if we create stuff together that isn't just for an end game? Like, how does that feel? Like people might come and see this at Wilton's and just be like, that was terrible. And I'll just go, yeah, <laughs> yeah, it was. Yeah, but, but, <laughs> exactly. but the process was great. Mm-hmm. Man, and like, we played. <laughs> and you get to carry that as the creator. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, I mean, it's so interesting how um, how expandable that is into any creative process. Like whether you are writing business courses or you are teaching a yoga class or anything, it's, I think, especially like as, and I know we keep sort of turning back towards what we've all just gone through in the last year and a half, but it, it has had an effect on everyone, you know, and as someone who has gone from teaching classes in a studio to suddenly being completely my own product, that is both a blessing and comes with the pressures of like, okay, cool. How do I make money? How does this happen now? How do I make it short, like a certain? And you lose, everything gets so tight mm-hmm. that you lose the, the joy of creativity and play and exploration. Mm. And, um, and yeah. And I guess this really connects back to the, the, the other stuff in the work that I like to play with, which is around expression and voice and and being in relationship with the things that you're saying and the way that you're saying them and again that's not that's not just about an end goal it's about like this entirely procedural thing it's like and I mean procedural in a in a glorious way like this thing that's like running through the entirety of you that Mm. isn't just about like oh god I need to get the thing out to the end I need this person to know this but but is a kind of, is a deeper embodied experience when we present things, when we teach all of these things, that it it's an entire process. And I guess, you know, if we 
connect it back to yoga, the thing of that we all know, but people are like, I just want to get to the end bit. I just really want to get to the splits. I just want to, I want the shape to be perfect. And, you know, and I think a lot of us have gone through the thing of just going, oh, fuck, fuck the perfect shape. Mm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I, I, who, who told you it was, it was that? Who, 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 who says that this is the thing that I should be making? This is the way that I should be. And then, of course, that then rolls into so many other things around the way that we look around our sexuality around like you know racialization all of these different types of things and like feeling into the processes feeling into every breath mm-hmm. is being here with you talking and not thinking oh my god how's this going to sound at the end because I'm not there yet mm. and it sucks it sucks you out of the the whole uh-huh. thing it sucks you out of your life and makes you a spectator to yourself while you're living your life mm. And like, I mean, I've, I've been there quite a lot. I still slip into it relatively regularly. And it's such a um, surreal, like hollowing out of your life to be constantly observing yourself from the outside. Yeah. 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 And, and I, I really recognize that phrase hollowing out, you know, this like it like it's like it's an edginess like mm. you, you're kind of on the edge because because you just because you're always kind of slightly holding on to this next thing and you know uh, and it and it hurts mm. and, and and me too uh, you know I say all this stuff and I always I always am considering how I'm I'm working through this like I'm always in relationship I'm always going through these things of kind of listening and being like ah oh, okay I'm here today or just even you know actually today I have no story or today I have no thoughts or no feelings or I don't know you know mm. like it's it's ever changing and so I keep having to meet myself and going okay so this is this is the thing today this is this is what the, the this is how life smells today this is what my skin tastes like okay mm. cool yeah 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 there is no um there is no point that we stop where we could like have completed this process of learning to be with ourselves and be more ourselves yeah. like I did it I did it I did I finished yeah. <laughs> like, I, I had this magic moment I had a magic meditation and now I'm a fixed person and then you mm. wake up the next day and you're like oh <laughs> like oh I thought I was awakened yeah oh yeah. hang on oh no crap <laughs> yeah yeah I lost okay. it again <laughs> and also it's a super like this idea of everything being linear Mm. you know like it's a super kind of um like heteronormative like white supremacist kind of like this is the order this is success this is the right way yeah there is one way to do it you know Mm -hmm. you're going to do the things and if you do this you're going to be happy and then secretly they're like you're not really going to be happy but ha 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 you don't buy some more stuff yeah (laughs) and actually like um sarah ahmed talks about this thing queer phenomenology and like you know, slanting the lines, like getting wiggly and curvy and, and changing and shifting. And and again, you can put that onto so many, so many different ways to live mm-hmm. where we just go, I'm not following the straight line. I don't want to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, as, as a queer person whose literal like logo for her business is a wiggle, I very much relate. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, Being wayward. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And, it, like... and it, it is that. And, and so... I guess storytelling for me, whether it's um, things that I'm writing, if it's plays that I'm in, whether that be my my own work, you know, this device thing, whatever the hell it's going to be, or 
all in, you know, before the pandemic, I was doing um, an RSC show and it, it was gender swapped, you know, and it was a version of wiggling the lines. Mm. It was a version of taking something really traditional and classic and then saying, how do we re-embody this story in a way that feels like it has something to offer now? Mm. It feels like it's still exciting and challenging. And, and I liked... I like to think or hope that the projects that I'm involved with are all going to do that in some way. You know, the women's circles that I hold are about getting wiggly, are about getting angry, about, you know, finding things that don't, are actually about, you know, I'm, in fact, I'm kind of moving to a place where also I'm kind of beyond even like this notion of like this really fixed notion of woman. Mm. And I used to hold on to it. I really did. I used to hold on to it for a long time. I was really like, you know, um, uh, like female emancipation is about holding on to this like this like stick of who I am mm-hmm. and now I'm like oh but I think the true liberation is then being able to let go of it yeah yeah there's there's something really interesting in that um in how helpful identity can be mm-hmm. like as as a like you know when you find it when I when I found other queer people, when mm-hmm. I found feminism, when I found these things, I was like, oh, I'm not the only one. Mm-hmm. And then you like, you know, and that's so important. And then at some point, holding so tightly to that kind of warps it and you have to be able to let go so that you can continue to wiggle, so you can continue to spiral because otherwise you're stuck at this set fixed point and you can't grow beyond that. Yeah, yeah. And, 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 I, and I think for me right now, it's kind of constantly like oscillating between that. Cause I know right now, if I'm really honest, I feel safest when I'm in like queer and POC spaces, like just where I know I can say what I feel and mm-hmm. feel what I say, where I don't feel scared or I'm like, oh God, I've, this thing or my reaction to something has pushed someone over the edge or, you know, you don't have but to justify also, your story. Yeah, yeah, at every exactly. step. Yeah, but I also know that I have to then, you know, feel into that safety and then push beyond it, and then keep blurring those straight lines. So actually, we don't just straighten the queerness, you know. <laughs> so we we don't just find this new kind of normativity that's just like I know what I like and I'm sticking with it, you know. Oh. And silos and it, within silos yeah. within silos. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and we all know it, and it is about and it is about safety and like that is first port of call, like for you to be free and loved and giving love, I think you need to feel safe. So Mm. like find those spaces and then keep pressing out. Mm, Exactly. Yeah. Like root, root down so that you can continue Mm. moving, but don't just root down. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. There's, um, Oh, I think there's so many places we can we can branch out from here to stick with the metaphor. Um, but there's a piece about um, the power of storytelling and self-definition, I think. Uh, and I'm not sure if there's anywhere you want to go with that, but that mm-hmm. felt quite resonant in 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 all of the beautiful stuff you just said. Yeah, well, I, I also think, you know, the word story is such a strong word because also, mm. you know, we we claim and reclaim our stories, but also sometimes we get stuck inside stories. Mm. You know, 
um, sometimes we need to unpick old stories in in order to find new ones. And so, I, you know, in many ways, in fact, the crux of like my thing of talking about being a storyteller is also problematic, you know, because we get caught in things. I, we get caught in the story that we tell and we've told it so many times we don't know how to tell another one. Mm. You know, hi, I'm Amelia and I'm this. And then, and actually, you know, sometimes then it's frightening to say, oh, hi, I'm Amelia and actually I'm that. But like, what, but what happens when you do, I think it can be fucking incredible. Do you know what I mean? So like, what is the place where we allow ourselves to define ourselves through a story? And then again, like, keep redefining, mm. keep keep shifting and changing and swooping and swerving until the thing that we thought was, was our story is, is completely other. You know, we use the word authentic a lot, but authentic is just the thing that you are in one moment. You know, mm. like authentic me is, is different now to authentic me yesterday, a year ago and a decade ago, you know, mm. but it hasn't lost its validity. It's just, it's just different. You know, so so I guess I, I I my aim and you know I'm not. It's funny, isn't it? As well, because we live in a world where also we're all supposed to be experts. Like you know, we're all. <laughs> yes. Hi guys, this is the thing I'm going to teach you, or you know, this is the thing. And you know, if I'm honest, I'm really not an expert at, at anything. I've just I've got my fingers in like a fucking million pies. <laughs> you just love pie. <laughs> like so many pies, they all taste really good. <laughs> but <laughs> but I'm not an expert at anything. Mm. I just keep trying and then like and then finding other people that want to try with me and then they teach me something and then we redefine something and then we teach someone else something different and you know it's like this kind of creative collaborative process like I just I believe in this politics of care where we're all trying to start supporting each other and that mm. also can be really uncomfortable because the reality is that care in the way that we all deserve it is super different to the way that we're living now you mm. know it and how do we step forward to that how do we own up how do we uh, how do we own up to the things, the people that have the most <laughs> and um, and think of care as, you know, giving five pounds a month to charity or, you know, at the moment, and I'm not like bitching about people, but like putting a, a, a black square on your Instagram and then, yeah. and then you're done. You know, it's this like, it's the continuity of it, of us all, of us mm -hmm. all moving together and continuing to, to listen and that means we might get really uncomfortable you know what what does that feel like to to get really uncomfortable about I, I'm always like harping on on my Instagram and stuff about like who what books are you reading and who wrote them mm -hmm. and you know like in this whole thing like all this stuff and the past year and a half and like this re-emergence of Black Lives Matter so powerfully mm. And actually, I still see most people just reverting back to reading the same people over and over again. Like, and and actually, you can't just read one book about racial justice and then be like, I'm done. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, and it, the book club. The book club yeah. that starts and you read one book and then you never meet again. Yeah, yeah. 
like yeah. so how do you keep going and I know I'm kind of flitting between lots of different things but I suppose it's this it's this I mean it's me as well I'm like this I was having this conversation with my partner this afternoon I'm like I think I can't just think about one thing I'm like I'm always zooming out just like but this is connected to this but this is connected to this and this means this and this is underneath that and this is over here I mean you should see the essays I write I'm like oh my god I just said this word so now what I want to do is then write about this thing and this and they're like what I'm sorry this is just an unfolding of my brain yeah free association yeah but but you know the the free association is kind of a thing that's like it's free it's not penned in and I just wonder what you might find on the underside you know I wonder what you might find to re-explore these things in different ways and um the dirty bits the messy bits the raw Mm. bits yeah like Mm. that's that's where all the good stuff is yeah yeah like you know the the little burnt edge of the lasagna that's the good stuff (laughs) (laughs) Um, yeah I mean there's there's so much in there and I want to talk to you about praxis um because that's a word that kind of comes up in my mind when you arrive um but before we get there let's continue with like who are you reading and who wrote it um and I don't say this as like a actually like performative check I've done this but like you know a couple of years ago long before pandemic and and Black Lives Matter re-arising I swore off reading white men for a year Mm -mm. like it was firstly really startling to me how many white men I read And then I kind of got halfway through the year and was like, okay, I really need to swear off reading white women now as well, because like, just need to like, own up to this. And the important, like the magic of words, the magic of stories, the magic of literature is that we get to see all of these other perspectives of the world. Like, I have never been to Nigeria, but... I have read books by people who live in Nigeria and have that heritage and that deep history there. And so I now have a single literary perspective from that mm. place in the world. And and the more you read, the more perspectives you get. So you don't just end up with like, well, this is the Nigerian perspective. You get to see the multitudinousness of everyone. Absolutely. <laughs> and we come back to storytelling. There is no that it and we, we know it's not a single story. Mm. We know we have to, and that's why it can't just be, you know, yeah, three years ago I read why I'm no longer talking to white people and I've done my racial justice stuff. I or, read you know, I read Chimamanda and you know, Yeah, exactly. I'm done. Like I, I I've done that. And actually, and and I love hearing you say, and and I know this this doesn't go down with well with everyone, you know, like actually maybe you should take a pause on reading white women and people are like oh you know this is anti-feminist and stuff like that and I'm not saying like throw white women in the bin I love white women (laughs) but we do have a lot of power (laughs) but but you kind of look at the you you know there are there are stories and ideas and themes that also aren't about being of color and I think that's the other thing so you can read the kind of you can read the work that is about you know specifically about racial justice or you can read the one like girl woman other you can read the booker winner and be like oh my god this is so amazing yeah she's the first black woman to win a booker this is great but but beyond that you know what else what Mm. else can you find and you know there's 
like just this huge spectrum of power, of love, of war, of excitement, of 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 queerness, of you know, read trans women, mm. like read read Korean literature, like all of these different things. And I tell you what, it's fucking mind blowing, in the way that that it brings you know. And I don't know if this is completely reductive of me, but it brings things back to home. And, you know, you find these incredible differences and also these beautiful connections. Like, this is how I think we build transnational solidarity. Like, this is the full feminism that isn't actually about the gender that you sit in, that isn't about what race that you belong to, but is about ending oppression to bodies across the world, Mm -hmm. you know? And actually, I do think that reading stories is a really great start when we're talking about praxis actually (laughs) it all comes together (laughs) yeah this is a part of it you know for me praxis is put your money where your mouth is Mm. but also let's abolish money but (laughs) like uh, praxis is is actually doing this stuff like get thinking and feeling into it in your in your daily work what shops are you buying from Mm-hmm. you know where 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 do you go who do you spend time with who are you whose podcasts are you listening to what what guests are you engaging with all of these and, and there's a million different ways to do it there's myriad different ways but it's also a constant re-evaluation like praxis is about then you know as your theoretical understanding of life keeps unfolding so does your practical understanding mm. <laughs> so does then the way that you do things and you've got to be willing to change with it too you know mm. and to acknowledge when you make mistakes i make mistakes all the fucking time i know I, you know that's an easy what? thing to do yeah i know i know oh you God. thought i was perfect i, I know the whole thing's ruined yeah oh god my name's amelia and i am (laughs) imperfect oh god Hmm. but you know i i i i think there's something really interesting about like i'm really interested in exploring failure right now and like Mm. feeling into not being perfect uh and how we how we accept that in 2021 of not not being perfect I think is is actually a really fucking exciting thing also for women it's really exciting to not to not be perfect to not be liked exhilarating to not be liked imagine that jeez yeah 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 um yeah and like and to not let that imperfection stop you Mm. so it's not that you're like oh I'm imperfect but I'm just going to rest here until I've figured it all out and I'm perfect. Mm-hmm. It's like, how do you continue moving forward? How do you take imperfect action mm-hmm. and know that that is all you're ever able to take? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like, and I wonder if, and again, this is where we come to that thing of like knowing it and then being in it. Mm. Because, and and this is for me. This is the work constantly. I'm like, yeah, logically, I'm absolutely on board with that. And I'm like, oh, no, <laughs> yeah. but I, I just, no, I yeah, you... this. I don't want anyone to really know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, wake up in the middle of the night, like, oh god, I was imperfect yesterday. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm laughing because that literally is me. I'm like, oh god, does someone know? Um, <laughs> did anyone see me? Yeah, I think they did. <laughs> and, and 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 like a radical honesty around that and. But that isn't, and you know, this is where it gets difficult, that isn't, that also isn't performative. So what does radical honesty look like around us being imperfect? That isn't just about kind of 
I saw this really, oh my God, this horrific thing on Instagram. This is ages ago, but it was this like skinny, beautiful woman who, um, who had, had this incredible picture. It was like in a, in a beautiful place. It looked like it was like an island. And she's like, she said something that was like so incredibly like fat phobic and hugely problematic. And I was just like, oh, I think you're trying to do like an, an honesty thing. I think, I think you're trying to do like a, a, a kind of thing about like, you know, yeah, body positivity. I think you have missed the mark. <laughs> I, I think that this is not okay. And, you know, loads of people like called it out and stuff, but it's, but again, we're all feeling into it. Like, I know there's a big thing at the moment about cancel culture and like, I, I don't even think cancel culture is a fucking thing because the reality is all these people are like, oh, I've been canceled. I'm like, why am I watching you on BBC News then? Yeah, like, hang on, you're still breathing. Like, yeah. cancelled from what? No, you've not been cancelled. Or that thing that was about like, women at college who didn't want to sleep with Trump supporters. Like, oh, they've been cancelled. And I'm like, no, I, I think that was just choice and consent. <laughs> Like, I wouldn't have done that either. Yeah, I, I'm, you know, I, I, I don't think, I, I, I don't think we can tell them off and for not want for choosing who they don't want to sleep with. I, I think that's actually, I think that's a good thing. I think that's what we're pushing for, you know. <laughs> so, so how do we expand this space of of discussion and like, uh, and room to make mistakes, room to be imperfect, to say the wrong thing, and kind of go, ah, okay, like. I, I was off on this thing. I didn't, or I haven't read up in, enough about this thing or, you know, to learn from one another. Like I see this big social media world, which to be honest, I'm absolutely still petrified of mm -hmm. because it feels like, you know, everything is marked and you've put it down and it's there. But how do we allow for that as well? And know that my imperfect post is just then, it just as it, it's done. That was meeting me in that moment. And then, here I am now. Yeah. Yeah. The, um, I mean, the whole, uh, I think that the, the ramping up of the need to be perfect has certainly moved in line with the expansion of social media over the last decade. And, you know, maybe that's, I don't know. I mean, I grew up in the nineties and the early two thousands and there was plenty of pressure to be physically perfect mm. but I don't think there was as much pressure to be a finished product that you present yourself as mm. as a human mm. um it's like as... demonstrably perfect you know it's like not only do I look good but I feel good too mm. and and I and I have the to right keep, things. Yeah. And I have to keep telling you. And also these were the choices that I made in life. You know, we all, we all have the same thing. The choices I made got me here. You too can make these choices. You know, you too can make these choices. If you just believe in this and da, da, da. And I'm like, mm, yeah, also, but that's not, that's also not true. <laughs> like, <laughs> hi, let me introduce you to equity. Like, <laughs> let, you know, it, it, it doesn't work. It doesn't work like that. Not everyone has, has the, the same access. I know we all know this and yet, and yet we don't practice that understanding enough. I think it can be very easy to get uh, caught in your own experience of the world, mm -hmm. right? Like, to be like, well, of course, everybody has this understanding, but actually that's not necessarily true. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm.
Yeah. And uh, it's so, and even like as, as this conversation is unfolding, it's, it's easy for me to feel a bit like, almost as if I'm being, being a bit holier than thou, like, you know, people really need to acknowledge their privilege and and like, in a way I am saying that, but I also want to be really clear that I'm consistently saying that to myself, like, and it's not a chastisement. It's, it's an unlocking, Mm. you know, it's about going, ah, like I've got this, this is, this has offered me this, and then this was underneath this. And then how do I then mediate this and that, you know, it's about, it's about us expanding our understandings of who we are now. It's it's about, you know, when we talk about pulling down statues, that's about expanding. That's about expanding our relationship with, with history, with our past. Mm. You know, we're not deleting anything. We're not erasing anything. We're, we're talking more. And the more that we talk, the more that we that we create these actions, the more it, it, it falls back into my skin, into my depth of understanding of, of who I am, of me as this kind of like one part of this big, incredible world. Mm. You know, we're not erasing anything. We're calling in, we're calling in, we're connecting, we're giving, we're, we're receiving. And I, and I truly believe that 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 we we have to step into that. We have to step up to that. And and it and it and it's frightening and it's joyous and it's all of the different things in between. But like, man, I am here for it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think it's, um, I, I mean, I know that we keep circling back to stories, but um, the, it's expanding the stories that are told. Mm. So it's no longer that the only person with a voice or the only people with a voice all look the same. And, and part of hearing people's stories is being able to feel compassion, feel empathy to understand them. And so the more stories we hear, the more we're able to expand our compassion and extend our compassion to people who are different to us. Mm. Um, mm. Yeah, and so, so when you were talking about, like, uh, not wanting to sound holier than thou, um, but also having thoughts and feelings about stuff, right? Like, you're like, I have an opinion about this. But I'm not saying that from being a step above you on some imaginary rung. I'm saying that as someone who's standing on the same level and can feel my heart expanding out towards you. And I'm just trying to say it like without being like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and and, you know, a part of sometimes that saying that from from different bodies in different places it's going to come out in different ways. It's going to come out as I'm real, I'm really angry. I'm really upset. Mm. You know, this world is violent to so many bodies. And, and actually sometimes when we, um, when we give a, a, a platform, we also need to be prepared for just the level of like pain and, and tears that are going to come out the, you know, um, Michaela Coles just won her Emmy for I May I May Destroy You. And you know, that's painful and challenging and and actually has layers of trauma sewn into that script, sewn into those performances, sewn into mm. that piece that is threaded through the world now. It's not easy. 
it's not easy for us to keep changing this this landscape of understanding of all of our humanities. It's not easy. Mm. But I wonder how many of us are going to still step into it. You know, are going to feel into that 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 challenge and and you know trauma and horror sometimes and and go with it and then and then down the road meet something else and and you know I get worried about even bringing up someone like Michaela Cole because also she cannot be the only black woman yeah she cannot be the only black storyteller we need to then keep being like and and there's this person and and there's this person because we love in this world to be like we've just got one person hi (laughs) we found her (laughs) yeah here's you know she will tell this story and this person and again so this thing about storytelling as it's about finding all the stories from all the people I mean communist storytelling socialist storytelling you know all like just like how do we keep just going like now yours now yours and then and actually how does then that and that has fuck all to do with me then you know Mm. I've got my version of stories I've got my things and then and sometimes I tell other people's stories and then sometimes I'm like yeah you go for it (laughs) your story is way better than mine your story is (laughs) more valuable right now I want to hear I want to hear something else you know like how do we how do we keep like passing that the baton of stories uh, Mm. around um and and find them from the depth of our heart from the fire in our belly you know Hmm. Well, that's beautiful. Hmm. Um, there's such a there's such a vulnerability present in in being seen, being seen to tell your story using your voice, and this is something I've experienced in my own work is like the stoppering of voice almost from a like from a physical point um and how how it takes time and persistence and vulnerability to to move through that and to let yourself come out and be seen and to let yourself be in the um in the mess with everyone else telling their stories while they might not necessarily, you know, align with your view of the world. But how can you hold that? How can you hold yourself and how can you hold that vulnerability so that you can stay connected? Because that's what we are here for. We are Mm. built for it, right? Um, and there was a piece that I lost while I was meandering through that. I'm stroking my nose, trying to make it come out, but it's not working. Well, it, it, it's okay because you just really reminded me there, Ellie, of, of you know, the, this key piece that is about that your voice in its core placement is also a storyteller. Mm. You know, as I'm talking to you right now, I constantly have my hand on my heart because I'm I'm feeling my voice. I'm feeling the vibrations. I'm feeling actually like the like moments of upset that come up through through mm. it as well, that, that vulnerability that you talked about. And I can I can feel it under my under my hand in my chest. I could probably feel it if I place my hands together now and mm. begin to feel some of that that echo that's running through my body 
you know, so often this notion of of embodiment, we kind of it it's got to be like fully senseful and sensual. Mm. You know, there's a this thing that I hear is also placed within me is also its own mechanism of 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 communication and and tactility and tenderness and the body is a storyteller the body is holding on to these things and how how do i how do i let these things go or let them flow through me how do i feel into it how do i take my time how do i breathe into mm-hmm. these these moments and tales and and times together i you know as i sit here talking to you now my hands are on my cheeks and i'm i'm also feeling the story mm. Mm. yeah the the language that doesn't have words mm. which is certainly in in the work that i do with people and I think in the work that you do with people as well in, in multiple different ways is is learning how to listen to that language without having to force it into cognition and words, but just be like, oh, there's that familiar tingle in my in my arms. That means something. That's telling me something. And it doesn't have to be that it means this, therefore I have to fix it, or it means this, therefore I have to do something. It's like, oh, look, there it is. What is it saying? Mm. Mm. And again, this kind of brings me right back to the beginning of our conversation that is about the process, is about the thing in the middle rather than getting to the end. Yeah. Actually, I don't need a diagnosis. I don't need a, a thing, or oh, I've done that, or oh, I know what this is, but it's the noticing, it's the being in it, mm. you know, because we we keep forgetting to notice. Yeah. And and I I wanna I wanna notice again. <laughs> I wanna I, I wanna notice all the bits, all of the parts, and 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 when you notice and I notice and then we notice and they notice and then we become this kind of cohort of noticers, <laughs> feelingers, and Ooh. all of these other words that actually word geeky doesn't make sense because I'm just adding ers on the end. You know, like, <laughs> <laughs> I will make it work. It's fine. Yeah, Language yeah. is fluid. <laughs> yeah. Like, um, that freedom. That, yes. that freedom. That that is that liberation. I don't know, but I'm willing to try it. Yes, yes. And I, I think, yeah, that's a beautiful place to start to kind of wrap us up here is uh, aliveness and liberation uh, born of being present, born mm. of paying attention lovingly. Um, and that feels particularly resonant for you, Amelia, and your work. Um, thank you. What, what a fucking delight. What a fucking delight both you are and it is to talk to you. I've got um, a real heart spark on. Right I know. Now. We're both quietly wiggling and grinning, yeah. at, grinning at each other. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's a shame that a, pod- a podcast about embodiment isn't a video. It feels more, more fitting. 
Um, but anyway. Just just know that we've been wiggling through. Yeah, there's been a lot of gesturing. Yeah. Um, would you like to tell people where they can find you in the wilds of the internet? Yeah, I mean, if you want some very casual, non-expert, um, occasional loving, occasional ranting, um, I'm on the kind of various socials just as Amelia Doncor. Um, yeah, and more than anything, you know, if anything resonates, I, I love to talk and and to continue these conversations. I love to hear book recommendations. I, you know, I want to keep continuing this communion with other people. So more than anything, yeah, get in touch if 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 you were like, oh yeah, I feel like this. I want to, I want to be in the process. I want to be imperfect and keep moving on. I want to embrace failure, all of those things. And again, not for me to teach you, but for maybe you to teach me first to just have a chat about it. Cause I'm all about the, the space in the middle and us all kind of diving in together. Mm, beautiful. Um, you also have a podcast. Oh yeah. Which is spectacular. <laughs> I love the fact see I'm not good at this stuff because I'm like oh yeah 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 uh, I do it with all of my guests because I'm like I love these things about your work you should probably talk about that too oh yeah yeah so for all things feminism where I, I, I speak to various different academics and artists about their feminist journey uh we're um the f less traveled or um at f underscore traveled on twitter um but yeah and like things my uh, this play that I've got coming up in November. Uh, I'm not sure when this will be released, but uh, come and see that if you want. It might be an absolute shit show, but if it is, <laughs> please say hurrah for me. <laughs> know that the process was beautiful. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, it it was wild. Whatever it was, it was wild. <laughs> Amazing. Oh, well, thank you, thank you, thank you again, and um, I'm looking forward to listening to your podcast and coming to see your show. Mm, thank you so much, Ellie. Many, many thank yous again to Amelia for joining me for this conversation. I feel like we could have talked for hours, but maybe it's best for you that we let you carry on with the rest of your day and just take it off air. All of the details of where to find her and her podcast and her upcoming shows are in the show notes below. If you like what you hear, here at Wayward Bodies, and you want to support the show, then please do. That would be amazing. All support is welcome. You can subscribe, rate and review. You know the deal. It all makes a real big difference, though, and helps more people like you find the show. If you want to get in touch about anything in today's episode, then drop me an email at waywardbodies at protonmail.com. And to find out more about my work, including embodiment coaching, my fortnightly love letter, and the weekly class Ordinary Wonder, then head to my website, anotherpractice.com. You can also find me in the grand scroll of Instagram at anotherpractice, which is A-N underscore O-T-H-E-R practice. Okay, that's it. Until next time, big love. Big love.